Hello and welcome to another episode of Monster Dear Monster, a monster exploration podcast where we take a look at monsters from their folkloric origins to their current pop culture incarnations. I'm your host, Dave, and I am joined for this episode by Leonard and Cameron. Leonard, how are you doing? I'm good. I'm, uh, well, well rested and relaxed and ready to talk about <laughs> things. Stuff and things. Yeah. Cameron, how about yourself? I'm doing okay. I owe the government a very small amount of money, but I'm still spending thousands of dollars on furniture. <laughs> I mean, that That's how normal. my week's been. Yeah. <laughs> We That's need new that. shelves, man. These things are falling apart. Yeah. <laughs> just, you know, get get the quality stuff so it lasts. Exactly. That's that's okay. how or antiques. Quality right. IKEA is what we're going No, to. no, so we'll that see. doesn't <laughs> No, that's <laughs> like particle board. It's gonna that's, fall apart. <laughs> that's uh that's an oxymoron. Quality and, and IKEA in the same sentence mm. is a an oxymoron. I know, I know. <laughs> unless but you get some of their can. like kitchenware i mean mm, it, 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 it'll do stuff. i mean <laughs> the the only ikea item that i have is a a, a wok and that i mm. got that second hand and it's been fine so far <laughs> there you go yeah you gotta get the building 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 yep. nope. borders <laughs> We think we're getting a kalax. The kalax, <laughs> okay. Yeah, and, and a brimness or something. I don't, they're <laughs> words. They're all words. Yeah. I mean, I have a bear from IKEA called Jungerskog, which, to the best of my knowledge, means the jungle wood. It's it's a bear, <laughs> I guess. And uh, I mean, next thing you'll be getting the lament configuration coffee table from IKEA. <laughs> I, I mean, I think they make it in a lamp. That's, that's, yeah, I, I've seen yeah. that glo- the globular version. What do you desire? Yeah. Illumination. <laughs> yeah, don't oh, don't man. don't make that uh, mm. trade. I have to I have to so- solve my bedside lamp every night before <laughs> I tuck in to read something. Don't forget to crook your fingers weird so you avoid the knife. Uh, yeah. <laughs> Just please do not let it nick you. It's yeah. Oh yeah. Yeah. No, they called they called that the peaky snicking. Yeah, a bunch of Swedes in tight leather are gonna show up and start asking about your other furnishings. <laughs> <laughs> oh okay. Yeah. Um well it's been a minute. We had a, a short hiatus. So it's good to be back. Good to be back in mm-hmm. the in the Quiet. recording room that uh we appear to live in uh yeah so what we, uh, matthew is having uh, internet issues um yeah so he'll hopefully be back next week um it's, it's not something he can fix it's unavoidable it's localized mm. so uh hopefully that that gets fixed sooner rather than later just mostly because it's really inconvenient um for for him in particular that's uh that's yeah. yeah um but we are we're still soldiering on um we're back in the realm of weird fiction 
Mm-hmm. Uh, say we're back. I don't think we really ever leave. We kind of oh, just, we never leave. We skirt it. We stay yes. adjacent. Yeah, to it. yeah. Um, <laughs> it loves us. Uh, <laughs> so we're going to be taking a look at a few tales from a uh, an anthology by Philip Fracassi. It is entitled "Behold the Void." It, I believe it's his first big collection. This is from 2017, mm. um, and the edition I have is the reprint. Um, the Lev edition from 2020 has like some artworks um, in it that are very disturbing. Um, yeah, I uh, I picked this one, um, and it's something that I uh, read year or two ago probably a tick yeah two years ago at this point um mm-hmm. and i had always had it in the back of my mind um and something i wanted to like discuss uh and we just did couldn't put it into the schedule um mm-hmm. but we had some open spaces so i i dusted this off and uh <laughs> brought it to everyone's attention and here we are to talk about the first two tales in this um we'll do a general impression because these stories mm. are thematic uh yes. they are you 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 get what's on the cover it is beholding the void um <laughs> and they are twilight zone tales from the dark side adjacent maybe like mm. a little more adult it's like like, yeah, these aren't for kids. I um, no. it's not a bedtime story. No. I hope. I guess you could. <laughs> you could read them to your children, but maybe not. Sleep, Probably yeah. not a good idea. Uh, yeah. So <laughs> Leonard, um, I'm imagining this is the first time you've read these. Yes. Uh, Due to my uh, busy jet-setting lifestyle, I uh, unfortunately could not sit down and read these, so I bought the audio book of them. Um, Yeah, um, they're well-written. I... So I think uh, it's kind of important uh, to state the stories since we're going to do the general impression things. Uh, mm. So the first story is Soft Construction of a Sunrise, and the second story is Alter. Um, soft Construction um, is well written, uh, mm. but it is not the... It is definitely a horror story, but it mm. kind of trades in the horror that i find least interesting uh where it's just like interpersonal relationships um Mm. and it's uh, framed around three characters uh but only really two of them are relevant to it uh that said once again this is really well written but it just wasn't for me but when we get to alter oh man that's that's my my jam Mm -hmm. (laughs) Cameron uh, probably the same case for you as well Uh, I know I just I recommend these off the cuff (laughs) it wasn't really a recommendation it was more like hey guys guess what we're going to cover (laughs) yeah and it's it's not expensive so let's Mm, all yeah we can get a hold of a copy yeah Um, what was your initial impression on on these two stories Uh, I quite liked both of them 
I I agree with Leonard that um, Alter is a little more interesting to me personally in terms of like the type of horror it's producing. Uh, but I really love the imagery in Soft Construction of a Sunset. Like they, they, there's, there's a lot of good goopy words going on here. Uh, <laughs> it's, it's really easy to read, um, which I enjoy. Like some, some books I've had to sort of struggle my way through. These, you know, they're relatively short stories. They flow nice and easily. Uh, they are interesting to me. And, uh, yeah, I, I think it's well worth the, I think it's like six bucks Australian to get this on uh, on Kindle or whatever. So well worth a read uh, if you've got a very small amount of cash to spare. Yeah, it's like a fiver um, yeah, in US. So it's, uh, mm. at least for right now, they're, they're on, I don't know, it's promo. And the mm. uh, physical copies are more like $15. So the yeah. digital was kind of the way to go. Um, mm-hmm. I have it in both formats. I have the digital format and then the audio. I will say mm-hmm. that the narration, it's a single, I don't know his name. Uh, it's a single guy and he is pretty fantastic in mm-hmm. changing up uh, his voice for the characters. And like, and he, he's doing a performance and it's, it's pretty good. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, and he's good at being like creepy, mm. but it's it's still understated. I don't feel like he's like he's not hamming it up or anything. It's just like okay, yeah, that's that's messed up. <laughs> so mm. we'll start off with soft construction of a sunset. This, this of the two, um. It's even self-referential as as far as like the Twilight Zone um, connection. Mm-hmm. Yes, um, but it definitely feels like a lost episode or like a new season. Um, mm-hmm. In like if you if you did Twilight Zone, maybe in the nineties, kind of when uh, probably like the the tell tells from the crypt. So like late eighties, early nineties, like that time. I mean, I think you hit the nail on the head when you said that this feels like like a lost episode from Tales of the from the Dark Side. Honestly, yeah, it, it's more that it because it's definitely it's like a salacious twilight. It's like a salacious <laughs> Twilight Zone. Yeah, <laughs> and it's pretty much one set. Um, so I think. Uh, 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 it it helped because I'm listening to this one, so it definitely mm-hmm. helped make it sort of a movie. In, in you know, as I was listening to, it, I can I just imagine the whole thing happening, like being filmed, right? So it's very visual, um, mm-hmm. even though the horror that's in it is um, it's kind of twofold. So I felt that the horror itself is the it's the relationships going on or the the breaking down of them mm. and the consequences of one's actions uh as well as a like a phantasmagorical mm, it's it's 
I can't say that it's specifically body horror because it's not. It's more like certain mm. surrealism. Yes. Yeah. Oh, if absolutely. you just made it real, which is yeah. kind of weird. Uh, it's uh, a Dali painting come to life. I was, I was gonna say, <laughs> I was gonna say, what if you took Cyclops from X Men, but instead of giving him lasers, he turned everything into a Sal- Salvador Dali yeah. painting, yeah. and you looked at him. Yeah, the droopy clock painting would be horrific if you knew it was a real clock, right? <laughs> yeah. Um, I mean, yeah. Honestly, this was be like that would be a pretty pretty powerful. Uh, mutant power oh yeah like you wouldn't <laughs> want to get the zapped by it i mean what are you gonna do you nothing you can do zero <laughs> yeah i mean yeah <laughs> except for it's like a psychic power i guess so if you had shielding maybe i don't know because can he twist the lead sheet? clearly visual so i guess you would just have to like uh it, it, it would rely on you blindfolding or someone or removing yeah. their eyes or making sure it's dark. Mm. <laughs> In theory. Uh, destroy the sun. That too. That'll that'll always mm. work in, in this case. Yeah, so Cameron, what's what's mm. our we we're we're skirting right past it. What's the synopsis for this one? What's the long and short? So yeah, the long and short of it. Uh we have our point of view character Tom, uh who waking from a lovely dream of uh, a wonderful, beautiful sunset and, and an enveloping female presence uh, is being called at like five in the morning by his friend Marcus, who is having a full Lovecraftian style breakdown. Um, <laughs> it can't be real. You have to help me. I can't look at it anymore. Yep. <laughs> Which honestly, strong start. Um, very good. Uh, you know, uh, he he basically just doesn't want to open his eyes because whenever he opens his eyes, bad stuff is happening. Yeah, bad and stuff, man. Bad stuff, man. I I really like how this set me up because my assumption reading this intro was that whenever he opened his eyes, he just saw the incomprehensible horror. Uh, and no, he he's being very literal. When he opens his eyes, bad stuff happens. Right. Um, <laughs> uh, and so Tom drives over to. Marcus's apartment. Uh, Marcus is married to one of his other friends, Christine. Uh, and, um, you know, Marcus is usually dramatic. He's a bit odd, but they've been good friends for a long time. And so uh, in he goes. Uh, and the room is a Salvador Dali painting. It's a canvas of madness, which is a phrase I really liked. Um, yeah like uh, a a solid oak dining table is twisted into a pretzel without splintering um the the chairs are sort of bent into u and v shapes uh the canvases are like all melted uh while again not being like broken um and uh the windows are just sort of they they've gone from squares to rough diamonds by being sort of smeared into shape which again, some great language. Uh, and uh, Marcus is just sort of sitting there, uh, back against the wall, uh, looking like he'd been shot in an old Western, uh, with his eyes tightly closed, refusing to open them, having a grand old time, being freaked out, sort of getting into the madness. 
Uh, and uh, yeah, uh, the the long and the short of it is uh, when they were children, Marcus was really into like bas- basically a Twilight Zone style show, like a little anthological show where there was always something different, something strange happening. Uh, and there was one episode about a psychic who could bend spoons with their mind. And ever since he saw that at 12 years old, every day of his life, Marcus practiced bending a spoon with his brain two times a day. Uh, and last night, his wife, Christine, said, hey, we're getting divorced. Can't stand this anymore. Had a massive fight, big breakdown. Uh, and in the process, um, he started drinking and all that mental anger and energy he felt uh found a channel and the channel was his psychic ability to if he looked at something and thought about twisting and moving it it would do that uh and um then the problem was he can't stop uh the second he sees something his brain is because he's practiced thinking about twisting and moving things with his mind for so long uh his brain just automatically thinks of how it might be twisted or moved and so everything he's looked at since this began has been changed, like, irrevocably. You're not unbending an oak dining table <laughs> from its pretzel shape or anything. Um, yeah. And, uh, of course, this makes a terrible amount of noise, which I, I like this as a detail, like the the physical material is being stretched and bent to its limits without breaking and so it makes like a groaning crying sound which obviously wakes Christine up out she walks and um <laughs> he looks at her uh and uh the the overall gist is that Christine was having an affair with Tom planned to run away from Marcus you know split up and everything um Tom up on finding out that Christine has been forever twisted out of shape uh, is on the brink of madness himself when he turns around and sees Marcus staring right at him uh, and uh, yeah it's 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 all his fault <laughs> in, in Marcus's view at least the insanity comes to the front and we get the the last moments of his thoughts of you know a beautiful golden sunset with Christine before he is folded. <laughs> That's the overview. Yeah. So in this, the um, Tom is our point of view character, and we're getting yes. the whole thing. Uh, it's it's a relatively reliable narration um Mm. where the only question um it's not really a question because he had answered but uh Mm. is marcus being unreliable because he's telling his friend like the events of Mm. the night before yeah yeah but as the tale is unfolding things like aren't quite adding up and um tom Mm. is beginning to like question his friend's sanity and Mm. his relation of the tale um while also understanding he's guilty of infidelity against like his best friend yeah yeah 
and kind of going like, wait, did that, did we get caught? Like, does he know? Mm. Yeah. And that's, that's the stronger horror is that not that all of the violence and murder really um, is, is being Mm. justified, but that, um, Marcus isn't no one did a good thing but Marcus is in his point of view and probably in generally like he's while he's not the protagonist he's in he's correct to be upset at his wife and friend Mm. oh absolutely but then he just takes it to like Mm. too far oh absolutely (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> I, I i i think <clears throat> i think like marcus serves as the innocent and the fact that he doesn't he is unable to control this newfound power um mm-hmm. and visits it upon his adulterous wife and his uh what he thought was his best friend is like a weird form of karmic justice mm-hmm. um but because the story's presented from the the point of view of Tom, it's horror. So yeah. I don't like when I'm, I listened to this a few times mm-hmm. uh, and then just kind of combing through it. The point the, the, the fact that Marcus is relating everything to Tom, but it's done in a manner that's not reliable. I don't think um that marcus so he may not be able to control what he's doing but he's in Mm. control of doing it if that makes sense Mm. so he he on purpose did what he did ah yes like he he gained a power and he reveled in it Now, some of that may have been in like a drunken rage because he was, he said he was drinking. Right. Um, But he understood, he's taking revenge. He knows what he's doing. Mm -hmm. Which is different than how he's presenting it. Tom like begins to understand, oh, wait, he's like being a spider. Right. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Like, yeah, he, he lured, he lured Tom in. He presented himself as like desperate in need of help, but he lured Tom in in order to get revenge for the infidelity. Yes. Yeah. Yes. So, that makes sense. Yeah. That so in, in that light, he's, he's responsible. He's culpable for the fallout of what happened. Right. Like mm-hmm. it didn't have to go this way. Now on the same hand, um, uh, Tom and I don't even I think they give the name of his wife. Um, mm. Tom and Marcus's wife, like they're they're definitely cheating and like we're going to run away, run, run, run away together and build a new life mm. and have our happy ever after um, because uh, Marcus is boring. Um, like that's this isn't any less on them. Uh, however, 
the consequences of like that are 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 probably beyond the scope of what like they were doing. Mm. Mm. I think that uh, Cameron, you uh, mentioned mm. the wife's name earlier. Yes, it's uh, Christine. There we go. There we so, go. So, so one of my biggest problems uh, with the story, and once again, I, it's a really good story. It's really well written. It's really well executed, but it's not. It doesn't sit with me. And one of the reasons is because so much of this story is framed around Christine, but Christine isn't a character. She becomes an object mm. in the narrative. Yeah. Like it is, uh, uh, she is ultimately a prize to be won by one or lost by both of the male protagonists. And I'm just like, this is really dull. I really wish that there was some sort of input from this, third person mm. who the story wants you to believe is a character but it isn't um so like i i found that to be the most frustrating thing um mm. with my experience with the story because i'm just like no no there's there's like one other voice that should be in this narrative um and and we never get it so it it bums mm. me out a little <laughs> Well, it's not only that she's not a character, but she's introduced as like an elemental force of nature. Right. Like her her entire it's not just her body, but everything that she means to um Tom is mm. is being um I wonder what the word for that is. De-anthropomorphized? Mm. <laughs> like, she's rendered in <laughs> nature, mm. in mountains and hills, and emerald teeth. And Tom, it's kind of weird. Tom is abstracting her yeah. from... Yeah. She's no longer a person. She's Yeah, she's this force of nature this elemental this gaia like figure in tom's dreams of them yeah <laughs> well she's yeah she's rendered in the like abstract yes which is what ultimately on ends up happening yes, to her. On, on purpose <laughs> like fitting to what happens i mean we don't right. um smartly it's not like described Yes. She's just rendered not Christine anymore. Mm. And the uh and then the the story like it does a fun little wrap around back to the beginning where um when Tom's being compressed or stretched all kinds of he's being contorted uh his like last thoughts return to the dream state that he like begins the story in. Mm. So for him, it's more like the, he's in a waking nightmare and that's returning back into a dream. Right. So it's, it's poetic. Mm. Yeah. It's like symmetry. It rhymes. Yeah. Mm. <laughs> I wonder how many times that's come up over there. We've we've gone to that well before, I think. <laughs> oh, oh! I will always go to the it's symmetry. It rhymes well when when <laughs> when the subject calls for it. It is apropos of of everything. Um, 
here anyway. But yeah, I I like this because it um I think it's a it's a given where this anthology goes past these two stories, just the, the entirety of it. Uh it's a great opening story. And it's something that if you were to liken this book to, uh, like, I don't know, a, a swimming pool, um, this is mm. not just going in, you know, wading in. It's like you've jumped right in. Yeah. It's not playing around. Mm. So... I think that that leads us to the second story, <laughs> which uh, is set in a swimming pool. Yes. yes. Leonard, uh, oh. give us the, 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 the skinny on um, Alter. Yeah, uh, Alter. I'm going to make this one brief because this one's actually, the story's actually pretty dense. Uh, so I want to make, the summary as concise as possible uh yeah broken family consisting of a mother a sister and a brother go to a public pool um some bad stuff happens to uh the brother and the sister uh the mother fantasizes about her ex-husband and also uh deeply dislikes having to raise her kids uh, and then uh, the world breaks open and an eldritch monster murders a bunch of children. Uh, that's mm. that's the story. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, this is one where um, the book doesn't have them because it's not a, it's not necessary. I think you go into this knowing what's going on. Uh, I would say there's content warnings would be yes. like necessary mm. um because of the the nature of the violence visited upon the characters yes mm. children in particular uh it's 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 all very like like the first story everything is um serious topics dealt with in like a macabre fashion i it's it everything's being taken seriously yes mm. quite like there's no they're not there's really no levity there's very little uh, of anything that's like nothing's funny no. um i will say that in the as in the first story the voices of all the characters is very strong uh, yes. there's not a lot of dialogue but it's a lot of internal and situational um discourse and we get our um our our point of view character in this is greg yes greg yes greg so mm -hmm. he's i think he's like 10 he's a little guy he is. And so one of my, so I, I want to just get into the opener of this really quick, which is I did not know how old Greg was for like the first five minutes <laughs> of this story. Um, because Greg mm. doesn't call his mother 
mother. He calls her Martha. So the the narrator also (laughs) refers to his mother as Martha. So I'm just like, oh, is this like a henpecked, like, 40-year-old husband, like, dealing with his overbearing wife? No, it's Mm. his mother. Uh, And I only only (laughs) realized that when it's like, and then he spilled his fun dip all over his bathing suit. And I'm like, oh, this Mm. is about a child? Okay. I I don't know where the story is going. (laughs) Yeah, and what's what I like about Greg, or no, I'm sorry, Greg, Greg's Gary. Gary. Gary is the child. Greg. Maybe maybe there's a Greg in there. Is Greg the husband? Because I. No, Dan's the husband. Maybe there's no Greg. Maybe there's no Greg. Maybe Gary. He has hallucinated. G name. Yeah, that's true. That's fair. Uh, I don't. Yeah, I'm skimming super quick. I do not see. There's Tyler and Greg. All right. Dang it, Gary. <laughs> I just did it again. I just want him to be Greg. I don't want. Uh, <laughs> it's four letters. Whatever. Yeah. Uh, so, so Gary. So G. Yeah. Yeah. Um, little G. He's. The voice is good because he's not precocious. No. He's no. like he's he sounds as a young child should. Mm-hmm. Um mm. he is, however, like um, I can't say that he's world weary. He, uh, he's a droid. Yeah. He he knows what's going on. Um he understands like his I want to say his station, his, his own, he's, he's aware of the limitations of his strength, mm. like not just physically, but mm. himself in general, like he's self-aware. Uh, yeah. And he, some of that's due to dealing with his mother. And some of that's probably due to the situation that their family's in. That's also why I think he, 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 he hasn't just i think that him or his his mental and actual addressing of his mother by her name is not um i i've known kids that did this mm-hmm. uh mm. and it's always been it's never been disrespectful. Like it's, it's usually in media, it's treated that way. Right. Um, but mm-hmm. when I've heard kids do this, uh, it's, it's more because their parents wanted them to be friends. Mm-hmm. Like mm-hmm. I, not as like a giant judgment, but when w- w- looking back in hindsight yeah. as an adult, yeah. uh, mm. <laughs> seeing what's going what what was going on um yeah the parents may have not been the best of parents because uh, they treated oh, their yeah. kids as friends or not children children right yeah and yeah. that's kind of what's going on with this family mm. that's part of it anyway there's a lot <laughs> martha has a lot of troubles but i don't think any of that is um I don't think that she's not being a good mother. 
She's trying her best. She's doing her best. Yes. Right. And she's she's trying very hard and she's having a tough time of it. Right. Um, yeah. But yeah, so her her b- both of her kids seem to be doing just fine. Uh and they look out for each other, which is good. And that's something that Gary um points out is that mm-hmm. his relationship with his sister who's she's 15 or 16 yes um yeah she still treats him uh not as like a the younger brother or the snotty Mm. kid i mean she gives him a kind of respect Mm -hmm. uh and her friends extend that same courtesy it's uh I'm trying to think of a good example. So this is, this definitely also feels, feels kind of like uh, maybe a Stephen King story. Oh, this, yeah. this is, oh this, yeah, this is, uh, this story is, is quite honestly like the best kind of mashup between Stephen King and Lovecraft. Like ever, like both of those elements in this in this narrative really really work for me. Um, yeah, this feels like if you took the Sandlot and yeah, Stand yeah. by Me, mm-hmm. like it's those kind of kids that have to be. It's it's the eighties. The kids are more self sufficient, or yes. mm-hmm. they're self sufficient in a way that children kind of are, but then no one wants to give them that credit right. anymore. For sure. Um, so I, I, I do want to add a part, uh, a bit to this, uh, your, your summation, which is it's, uh, smashed together the Sandlot and Stand By Me. And then, uh, in the last 15 minutes of the Sandlot, the Dunwich Horror starts. Yeah. Uh, that, that's the story. <laughs> yeah. Um, but yeah, I'm just trying to go over the characters because that's like, the meat of the story is it's in these relationships and in Mm. uh, this, like, I can't any other time. This could have been like the perfect summer for, for Gary. Mm -hmm. Mm. Like it was shaping up to like, be pretty all right. Yeah. Um, He, he, he meets up with some old friends I mean, there's there's space where okay, given the first story, mm. Cameron, where did yes. you think that this was going to go? Because it does not show its hand until like toward the no. end. <laughs> what did you think was going to happen in this? Like a fa- a family goes to the swimming pool. So the public going, <laughs> yeah, public swimming pool. Yes, yes. Uh, going off like the sort of beginning bit, where it's like he and his sister are really good friends, and he he minds his business with her. Like he he values their relationship over the relationship he has with either of his parents. So he has her back, and she similarly mostly takes care of him slash treats him as an equal, which. I'm the older sibling, so I don't have the right perspective on that, but I imagine it's something is that would be very desirable for a younger sibling. Um, or for the older sibling also, because yeah. it's a two-way street. They treat it as a two-way street where mm. 
when she uh his presence doesn't inhibit her from exploring her teenage teenage youth like yeah she gets yeah. to do the things that she wants to do and he's not like the the stick in the mud mm. little brother yeah. or the no. tattler he just is like he understands he has her back he'll just look the other way yeah and they also have just a very yeah. close but they look out for each other basically yeah they look out for each other they hold hands they hug regularly right just in the in the 15 minutes or whatever that the story itself covers yeah it reminded um, me like, of i don't know if it's close. like the wonder i'm trying to think mm. because there she he, he goes out of his way to say that she has like this wink like the uh, wink yeah. that i'm gonna protect everything's gonna be cool bro yeah um, that she yeah. does and it's like mm. it's, it's 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 just a heart it's heartwarming like mm. it's good yeah. to see this relationship yeah absolutely uh and so like with that with that opening and with him thinking about the little bottle of pills that are probably not aspirin she has brought to the pool my brain went oh this is going to be um like a, a drugs make everything bad kind of story uh you know someone takes something something goes wrong it'll probably have a supernatural element so i don't know maybe like zombies at the pool or something and it was very much not that <laughs> no <laughs> yeah not that at all um leonard how about you yes um so um i was really enjoying the interpersonal relationship and all the kind of like history building that was taking place between these three characters mm. um mm. and i <clears throat> so you know, knowing that this is supposed to be an horror story and that it's an hour and 14 minutes, 13 minutes long, I'm like, all right, I'm waiting for the swerve. And I'm like, it kind of throws like a swerve at you. And I'm like, oh, is this the turn? And then it throws um, the content warning swerve. Um, implied. It's nothing, nothing is is very is is at all explicit in this um and so that becomes like the the driving focus of like the horror mm. of the narrative is uh greg little g i'm just gonna call him little g because i forgot his <laughs> name too um yeah. uh or gary greg or gary he's both he's both in in two realities Gregory. he's the same yeah uh <laughs> and so that becomes the focus and then it and then, like, as as soon as this, like, very real, very, like, terrible event is possibly taking place, uh, like mm. I said earlier, suddenly the Dunwich Horror starts and a giant yeah. Yeah. nether void wor <laughs> wormhole <laughs> into the abyss of madness opens up in a public pool and starts yep. eating children <laughs> indiscriminately and oh yeah it's amazing <laughs> because pretty great yeah because it the 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 reason it works so well for me is because the swerve is so hard from mm. like 
this is horrific because this is a thing that actually happens to this is horrific because this is a like a, once again it's like bloodborne <laughs> happens yeah. in the middle of your swimming pool and you're like yeah. what, what really like this mm. was all like little g's like this was already the worst day of my life now it's yeah. actually it's the worst day in all of humanity's life <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> yeah, it's not even it's like you can have a you can have a story and you can have like a one two gut punch. Yes. Mm. This is like a one two gut punch, but haha, you've also been like shanked. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, yeah. I punched you in the jaw so hard that you didn't even feel me stab you in the kidneys. Uh, is <laughs> is is what the story does. Mm. Yeah, it's it's turning um, the everyday dread and horror that can happen to anybody, really. Yes. Um, oh yeah. Particularly, uh, it. it this is the listening to this multiple times, but mm. every time I listen to it and when I was reading back through, I'm going, I'm trying to understand like, okay, so are certain parts of this actually, is this really necessary? Like I know where this is going and mm. is this too much? Is it like where, what's the, the thing that happens is objectively, I guess it's worse than the content warning material. Yeah. Because there's massive fatality. Yes. But it doesn't feel as bad because but it's it, definitely less real. Yeah. Than the content but warning section. Yeah. Yeah. But it's less real. And then it's exacerbated because the bad things that happen happens to everybody. Mm, and yes. some people more than once, and yep. you're just like, okay, well, <laughs> wait, when's too much? Too much? I'm trying to. You don't get to stop reeling. No, which feels correct for the emotion of the scene. I'll I'll say it yeah. for, for that. Like it it. I also felt that it's just like, oh wow, this is this is really still. Oh, it's still going, and that sort of mirrored the reactions of the characters who were just sort of watching this thing happen helplessly mm -hmm. so yeah i, I mean it's like works. watching it's it's like watching a like a car accident oh, happen in real yeah. time and yes. you're just like wait and then maybe that wasn't it, so bad and then another one comes coming, up but no the car is on fire now mm -hmm. yeah like, it's just yeah. okay it's it's a lot it's just not a it's not an easy story to read. Uh, the first one's easier. No. Like that. The yes. thing is, when I said you jumped into the pool with the first one, in comparison, <laughs> you're just wading in like to like the little shallow part. You, you're yeah. you're you're just sliding on the little frog slide uh, before it <laughs> pops God. you in the face. The description of that frog was so good. He though. hates that frog. <laughs> so much. I hate that frog. 
I could see it in my head, which it, is rare it, for me. It's because it's because <laughs> if you've ever been to a water park, you mm. know it might not have been a frog. It might have been a it crab. Was an armadillo. Yeah, it might. It was something. There was <laughs> there was a a fixture that was like, oh man, it's the central fixture, and it sprays water all over the place. And then there's the one sad animal that's like a trickle of warm, like yeah, bladder warmth <laughs> water that your overprotective mother wants you to stand under. <laughs> yeah, yeah, those are the times. <laughs> yeah. Oh sure yeah, and then the one place. that people like stub and break their toes on because it it doesn't actually mm. move. And they don't realize how like hard that thing is. Oh yeah. Uh, there's <laughs> the 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 shower banter room with oh, the dads right. that mm. stay too long. And yeah, yep. it's all yep. like okay, you can smell the chlorine <laughs> right. in this story. It's like okay, yeah, yeah. That, so writing wise, um, Fracassi nails like the tone, nails the place, gets. Like I think pitch perfect for a uh, point of view from a kid. Yes. Yeah. Like yeah. It's brought up a lot of old memories. Yeah. In like a really effective way. Like yeah. Because it's it's dealing with um his situation at home. It's dealing with his relationship with his mother, with his sister, with his peers, with um him in relation to like slightly older kids with slightly younger kids with adults uh mm. with authority mm-hmm. with yep. terrifying otherworldly forces like it's not it's <laughs> it hits everything that one person and particularly one child could ever like not want to deal with mm. And yeah. still, like, manages to go, okay, this sounds, it doesn't sound like a world-weary adult, or it sounds like a kid. Right. Mm. And you go, okay, I, uh, like, he understood Gary, like, perfectly. Yeah. Yeah. It's the right reactions and the right trains of thought. Yeah. To really portray him really well. Well, I mean, yeah. it's, it's all it's all the hopes and dreams and frustrations and fears that a kid can. It's like you're 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 perfectly channeling this character, so it's very strong in that regard, uh, and that makes every all the the good and bad things that happen uh, like all the more powerful. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, and the stupid little plastic floaty wings. Uh-huh. <laughs> no one likes having to wear the wings. <sighs> yeah. Look, if you take them off, you can go real fast. They're just slowing you down. Oh, so yeah, really? Yeah. Oh, you mean the, the things, <laughs> the buoyancy wings? They, yeah. They're not aerodynamic? I would have never... I'm sorry, hydrodynamic. I would have never guessed. Look, and they sting... Like you're trying to pull them mm. off, and they get they pull your skin, uh, the and they smell scary, weird. Yeah. Mm. yeah, stupid orange floaty wings. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, I, I mean, it could be worse. Uh, Murgo's wet nurse could then just open a portal into the void. <laughs> Jesus. 
<laughs> yeah, and not even your floaty wings will save you, or nope. the ki- or the kid that becomes Augustus Gloop and plugs the oh man, yeah. plugs the hole. That was like a brief moment of brevity before the horror returned. That was, that and was... I went, that sucks, but also that's kind of funny. Yes, that's that's <laughs> like, like that's like the like that's the really nasty eighties joke. of of the story like if you want to plan it in like a time like if you're imagining this in your in your head theater like that is Mm. the like very mean-spirited 80s joke that everyone disavows now the the other kids were going i hope that fat kid lasts long enough for me to escape the whirlpool i'm like oh geez yeah yeah that does feel very 80s you're right (laughs) yeah <laughs> I, I do appreciate that they didn't, but like that, it doesn't then go full like um, alien resurrection, newborn ending. Oh god! <laughs> oh yeah, no, that would have been <laughs> a bit uh, much. too it just, much. It's like, it gets pulled out just bit by bit through like a smaller hole. Yeah, yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. It's been a minute. Avoided that, that at least. Well, I mean, kind of. It's. It didn't. It didn't lighten up. Um, no. Yeah. No. <laughs> After horrible crevasse to the depths of the earth opens up, uh, it enchants the children, who all begin yeah. willingly leaping I, into I the world. All the rest of the kids. Yeah. Oh man! Like, I don't. I don't have kids. I don't plan on having kids, but I work with them, and there's a part of me that does care for them. <laughs> Terrible of me to say. I know. Um the imagery of just as an adult watching a swarm of literally like a hundred children leap to their deaths is fucked up. <laughs> it, it, it's it, it once again, like it, if you want to bring this back to folklore, like it's very Pied Piper mm, in a yeah. way that is like actually visceral and horrifying to conceptualize. Because, yeah. like, Pied Piper's been sanitized to the point where it's like, and then the children watered, wandered off, and some say they wandered into the stream. But this is just like, yeah, no, there's a fucking hell mouth, and these kids are throwing yeah. themselves into it. And, and and at least in the Pied Piper, the adults did something wrong. Yeah, Most of these yeah, people exactly. just here to have yes. fun at the pool. Yes, exactly. <laughs> um, I think that's also kind of, like, the reason that this works for me more than the mm. first one which is like everybody there's no there are no good people in in soft construction like it's no. it's, it's it's all about kind of jerk asses doing jerk assy things but one of them has magic powers this one is yeah. like hey like it is it it's like it it is very final destination where it's yes. just like <laughs> Yeah, no, this was just a thing that a bunch of people were involved in, and then they all died because the universe is cruel. Uh, and mm. and it's it, that's the part that just like hits me the most because they spit because the story spends so much time creating the, this family, like yeah, just to <laughs> just to like absolutely rip it, rip it asunder yeah. by the end of it. So that's yeah. that's the magical secret mm-hmm. behind Philip Farkasi's work. Yep, is that 
he's very good at building uh, understandable and realistic and full characters and then utterly destroying them. And Mm -hmm. pretty much it comes down to probably fairly decent people are in the wrong place at the wrong time because almost everybody in his stories will suffer a terrible fate um, and did not deserve it. But that's just, that's just life is is the through line. (laughs) And they just get, it just, it's, it's a, stone rolling down a hill like it's just continually going to get like mm. more of this but stronger every story yeah you know you know what this it, it like just thinking about it uh uh now like what if you condensed uh what is it what is the izamaki the junji ito mm. Mm-hmm. Like, what if you just compress like the, the beginning and the end of that into one single story? <laughs> yeah, and yeah, l- yeah that's sort of fair. like that. That's what this is. It's like a very bite-sized kind of like slice of life turned into like unimaginable cosmic horror at the end. Yeah. Yeah, and it's a case of uh, so. Behold the void is uh, the collection itself is basically like an apocalypse. Every everything or each story is just another way the world ends. Mm. Yeah. Okay. Like that's Makes just the, that's up. that's the through yeah. line. Is like it's not that bad things happen to like otherwise good people or just every. This is. Hmm everyone or everything ends for everyone at some point sometimes that point just is a lot sooner than you think or more horrific Mm. than you're like willing to believe in yeah and so it kind of like i would say that these are potentially cathartic tales because they're built around sort of worries that people might have. Like each, each of these stories, mm-hmm. even just these first two, are uh, events that the end of them may not be the thing that can happen. But yeah, the the, the high point, like the reason, what the or not the reason, mm-hmm. the the culminating thing before it all goes real weird is um troubles people can face right yeah yeah it's it's all couched in actual reality yeah so that that's that's making it so you can like empathize with what the characters are going through even if you don't agree Mm -hmm. um, with one thing Mm -hmm. or the other um and then it just kicks it up a notch and says actually the thing that you thought was bad let's let's turn that on its head like not in a good way, but like we're just gonna mm. f- flip it, flip the whole damn table, and uh, like clean the slate. Right. There yeah. now, now the thing that you were worried about is it's not completely trivialized, but it really kind of doesn't matter. Right. It's literally yeah. like the least important thing that you could possibly conceptualize at yeah. this point. 
Mm. It's like you 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 worried about this. Isn't that cute? Because uh, there's something so much worse. Mm. Um, so I would say that these are potentially cathartic in that way to not really render things trivial, but to kind of shift your perspective on things that may worry you and mm. put it into a frame where you can kind of let that go as a worry. Yeah. So not not for people where something like this happened to them, because I don't want to, like I said, trivialize it. But if it's no, just no. a general, like if you're anxious, right. I felt like to me that these stories were helping alleviate some anxieties. Mm-hmm. Okay. Yeah. So, I, I mean, that's why I, for me personally, that's why I turned to a lot of horror in the first place is that I'm, I'm an anxious person and hmm. there's some catharsis involved when I can see events unfold one way or the other for um, characters. And uh, it's a, like a vicarious ex- experience. Mm-hmm. Like I'm not, living that obviously but it's it's our it's it's being done for me kind of Mm. and so if bad things happen or or really any kind of events happen that are beyond the scope Mm. of the norm i can kind of deal with general stresses and it makes the stuff i have to worry about like smaller Mm -hmm. yeah so it's putting it's putting in perspective my own experiences and i don't have to go like well or, or yeah. rather, I can go. Okay, at least this this didn't happen. Right. Yeah. <laughs> so, yeah. you know, okay, yeah, I've got a couple of things to worry about, but they could be so much worse, and, and not in a way that's um, um, detractive. It's not me going. Yeah. Oh, it could it could always be so much worse, and now I'm worried about the crevasse and the little spiders in it. Like, no, I don't yeah. care about that. Because you know, you know that's never going to yeah, happen. But probably the the overall, yeah, ninety nine percent. The yeah. Earth will not swallow. Probably you not going to happen. I mean, the odds of that is much smaller. Um, I, yeah, I, I, I mean, <laughs> I wake up every day and thank God that I'm not Paris Hilton in House of Wax. So, <laughs> yeah, fair. Yeah, <laughs> and I I look at the sky and I'm like, there's not Health Star Remina. Um, yeah right us. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah i mean it, that's the place that yeah. these stories like that's why i read mm. them right yeah by and large and i yeah, think they're just very well written uh, they are yes also that yeah yeah because yeah alter was really just a fascinating read from a character point and then it turns into a fascinating read from a horror point yeah like the the level of writing is really good. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I I I agree. Once again, it's like one of the best <laughs> like hard swerves. Like because mm. because what it does is that it does like a very it does a subtle like this is real human being horror. And mm. then like and then the eighteen wheeler gets hit by a landslide and tumbles on yeah. the side of the cliff because yeah. that's what the actual horror is. It's Pedro Pascal saying, Life is bad, yeah. but it could be worse. <laughs> yeah. So in um, in Alter, um 
we're we're generally here to talk about the monsters. I don't want to. Yeah. Yeah. Actually, me I yeah. I want to just no. let it be and read read or listen to this. Yes. Um, because it's it's not a super impactful critter, but right. no. it does its work. And I think description. Yeah, it describing works. it. M- <laughs> any more than like how it is in the story is I think going to do a disservice. So yes. uh, we're mm. just going to like, let that be in its, in its space. Um, however, I do enjoy, and we, uh, we alluded to it, but the, the, the Pied Piper um, aspect mm. of it. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah. And the other, the other horror in this isn't that, um, there's a crevasse that opens up beneath a swimming pool and it's probably opening up to another dimension or some weird subterranean mm. grotto or a hollow earth. It's, it there's, doesn't matter. There's space that's <laughs> right. there that shouldn't be. Um, yeah. But it is something that is uh, the, the, the devouring specifically the children. Yes. Um, so the mm. world ending the apocalypse here is that if all children are drawn into this void and they mm. don't have a way, like there's, you can't stop them. No, uh, you can't watch them twenty four seven, and they're being like ensorcelled into it. Uh, yeah, the world will end by virtue of oh. there just being no next generation, right? Yeah, so that's the the other <laughs> the other horror uh, <laughs> the because it's horror. manifold. There's there's, there's mm. origami layers of horror here, right? Like like a follow up to the story would be just uh, children of men, but uh, instead of nobody can make babies, every time a baby mm. happens, an amygdala just snatches it out of reality. Yeah, pretty much. <laughs> yeah, there's a. Um, there's another collection I was just reading. It's uh, not Philip Fricasse. It is Brian Evanson, I think. I have to do a quick look at Brian Hodge. I'm sorry. There's also Brian Evanson, different horror mm-hmm. author. Um, Brian Hodge, and that's getting into oblivion. It's the same <laughs> kind of. <laughs> sorry. I, I, that I that hit a... my soul really hard. <laughs> <laughs> like that title hit my soul really hard. I felt I felt attacked by that title. To be perfectly honest, yeah, it's um, it's the same theme. Oh, okay. <laughs> because cool. that's how I do. Mm-hmm. Um, mm. and the the skidding into oblivion is uh, un- so uh, behold the void. The the thing about it is you see something terrible, world ending, and that's just it. You can't like do mm. anything about it. Um, skidding into oblivion is recognizing that there's something that's world ending. You can't do anything about it, but you're also like trying to not face it. Ah. Like yeah. you're sliding into it right. and you don't want to. Right. You're being pulled into the, the apocalypse. Yeah. Um, and the um, Behold the Void, it's like the people may not want the thing that's happening, but it's 
it's so like complete mm. that there, there, there's no time to like sit there and like dig your heels in. Right. You're just, it's yeah. over. I mean, at least from the first two stories, like the apocalypse is happening, uh, but, but all these characters are at ground zero. So yeah. there's, yeah. there's no getting out of it. Yeah, um, it, it, it's kind of that way with um, skidding into oblivion. But the reason I bring that up in particular was there is a tale in there, and unfortunately, the title is um, beyond me at this point because the audiobook only has chapter um, numbers. But the story is similar in a way that it's about um, a global phenomenon. And kids of a certain age that are like, I think it's like, they're grade school, but like mm. younger. Yeah. Uh, to- toddler to, I don't know, six years old or something. They're young, young children. Uh, they, they wake up in the middle of the night and are found by their parents like having slept walked into like a corner of like a bedroom like they're they're, like made to stand in the corner with their nose like into the corner of the where the walls meet Mm -hmm. and they're 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 like kind of in hysterics they're crying and when they're woken they said that oh they they have to they're being punished they have to stand in the corner and it turns out that there's some extra dimensional force like pipering them into the corner um because that's where like the all the x and y axis or the xyz axis of the dimensions can meet Mm -hmm. um and eventually uh all of the all of the kids uh that are made that are like made to stand in a corner will eventually like die like they they're they just their cord just gets like pulled and mm-hmm. so the across the, the the planet like people are trying to design houses and things that don't have any angles okay but like because it can be anywhere. Uh, like yeah. they, right. the the kids can just fall asleep in the back of the car and there's still a, like there's a place where two lines meet. Right. Mm. So uh, they had to make like, you know, round structures. Mm. Yeah. Spherical house. Yeah. Uh, because the the dimensional creatures are just like, they send like a little bolt of electricity and it just like turns off their lights mm. for the kids. Mm. Um, and eventually, uh, that, cause that, that's, that's basically like, doing the same thing where it's stopping the lowest generation. Like you can't have any more people if, if the kids are all dead. Right. Yeah. Uh, and the, the top scientists are like, okay, we got, we, we found that we understand that it's like something they, there's enough CCTV where they like people had nanny cams and things and they finally, finally figured out, Oh, there's like a blip of light in this one microsecond of all this footage. So they, they discovered that it was another dimension and they're going to close that door. Yeah. Um, so they, they built a big particle collider thing that they're going to do to 
do some science and shut the door. Mm-hmm. Well, the science, um, when they activated the, their, their, their doodad, it didn't like close the gap. It, it, it hit it so hard. It like popped open, like it slammed the door so hard. It like swung <laughs> oh, back boy. the other way. Oh, good. Good job guys. Yeah. And so ultimately what it did was it, it, uh, bridged the gap between the universes and like overlapped them uh-huh. uh which was bad because everything else in the other dimension is um made of like fractals and polygons <laughs> like it's a fractal world right um and it's anything like the whole world is filled with like that lightning and if it just touches anything it just it it, it fractals it so the second that you step outside, like, cause you're, you're, where, you're wherever your like house or your immediate vicinity was, is still kind of in our world, but the out, the, the outside mm-hmm. world is now the fractal place. Yeah. And that, 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 so that's where like the skidding into oblivion part comes in because everyone right. can kind of just still stay inside, but you can't like, you're going to run out of food or anything. Like you can't be inside forever. Oh, they they, yeah. they they gave themselves a real big death stranding there, didn't they? <laughs> yeah, yeah, basically. So the second you step outside of your house, you're just like, and you're, and you're, you're killed immediately. So Damn. that's where they they he they does he does a good job again of like building up the characters and the tension, and then trying to like. It's the at the end of that tale, it's the characters looking out at the weird, like not right colored sky and trying to to go, okay, this is our last like sunset. Like, right. like what right. you know, what's tomorrow bring? Well, we know what it brings is us probably walking out the door. Because everyone just what are you gonna do? So people just kind of voluntarily walk out the front door and then finish it. Um mm-hmm. But it's prolonged. It's not. It's 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 that dwelling on the last, the last embers of the dying light, mm. you know, and 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 focusing on that. And that's what most of that collection does, mm. as opposed to what this one will kind of start to do or, or has been doing. Um, I recommend that as well because it's 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 not even like tangential. It's like side by side. It's like running side alongside this one. So. If these stories are something that that you are interested in beyond like hearing us talk about them a little bit, um, I do recommend that other uh, book as well. I can probably just put the um, link to that in the show notes. So that's Brian Hodges um, skidding into oblivion. Yeah, um, and uh, Philip Fracassi has a follow up uh, anthology uh, to this one, and. I don't know why I don't have that one immediately on the, the top of my uh, beneath a pale sky. Yeah, <laughs> that um, that one. It's dealing with similar themes. I'm, if I remember correctly, that one made me like a little bit more sad. Like I, <laughs> I think, because okay. that that came afterward, and he just got better at like building or 
creating characters that are, I can't say that they're just likable, but it's, they're human and they're put in a bad way and you don't want them to be. So yeah, yeah, I guess they're just, they're, they're increasingly more human and likable as his stories go on. makes it sound like they're not already human, but um, (laughs) they're, they're just, it's a lot of people that don't deserve <laughs> the stuff that happens to them. And that's right. his mm. thing that he does. So yeah, I'm, did you guys have anything else to say about, uh, alter? I don't, I just don't think there's much else. No, no, no you, you've not covered it. It's, it's very good. It's ve- it, yes. It's very good. <laughs> yeah. Honestly, like, uh, gotta gotta get to the next couple they're they just keep getting better they're they're it's it's something that's only increasing as the stories go that they're just more horrific mm-hmm. like more more complex characters in like worse situations is is the name of the game yeah that sounds good to me well <laughs> uh were you so there's the SAG after strike going on. So that's kind of throwing a little bit of wrench in our normal coverage. Uh, we we don't exclusively do movies and TV shows. Um, that's no. just kind of been a quick thing to to touch touchstone with the last several months. Um, so yeah. we pivoted a little bit to books. Um, we we've we've covered some comic books and things in the in the past and mm-hmm. some and some web comics all week all all over the place, uh, but until we get to Liza P, the plan was to just do some more short stories. That's a little harder, um, just based on all of our schedules and the time it takes to mm-hmm. get through these because they're not super short. Um, so we may not be returning to uh, the rest of this anthology just yet um there there could be some foreign films or something else um popping up uh in the next week or two um before yeah. the middle of next month uh when liza p um hits street date and we'll just be doing that exclusively for i don't know two while. months something um, yeah. as long as it takes us to get through it we don't know how long it is uh mm-hmm. but yeah so don't expect the next episode to be the next two stories in this anthology is what I'm saying, but there will be an episode mm-hmm. out next week just for the listeners yep. to, to know. Uh, yeah. We don't do admin anymore. Admin anymore. Really? No. Um, I, I we're, think we're I think there, some of us are, we're there where you need us, I guess. And I think some of us are slowly migrating to perhaps Blue Sky. So I think everyone's mm-hmm. pretty much on there, but I don't use it. <clears throat> yeah, like I've posted I just like three things. On don't that. look at social media <laughs> much anymore. Yeah, probably good for you. Probably. <laughs> um, yeah, you. If you need to get a hold of us, um, you can get a contact to us through our um, email. Uh, monsterdearmonster at gmail.com uh, or on the website you can comment specifically to each episode that's that's the easy way we see that um, I think our email and everything's linked on there too so monsterdear.monster uh, other than that um, yeah we're, we're we're always we're always around <laughs> yeah, I don't know we're how long you're going to find us 
uh, but you can you can Google us. Like, we're, you'll find we're, Leonard we're, anywhere. We're, uh, I, no, the reason I'm <laughs> laughing is because this is like this feels like the alternate universe, like ending of Labyrinth, where it's just mm. like Dave Hoggle, <laughs> and he's like, "If you need us, you yeah, can we'll find be. us at Monster Deer Mont Monster <laughs> at Gmail dot com." Yeah, and it just fades out of it. Just yes. Hoggle off to the pond. <laughs> <laughs> Look, don't was, go that way yeah. that would have taken you right to the castle yeah that would have taken you right to the podcast if she had gone <laughs> that way she might have actually found the podcast uh, yeah I'm just waffling off into the night I don't uh, know it's it's hard not to do the admin I mean we don't yeah yeah, yeah. we did it for so long years years of, of it and years, now literally yeah years now, and, and now yeah. it's a and now it's a weird void where it's a it's a weird <laughs> swimming pool black hole where we scream jokes into it. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> well, yeah. Uh, that's us. That's us signing off. Uh, we will catch you next week with a surprise. I don't don't know what it'll be. All right, folks. Bye bye. Dance magic dance. Bye everybody. Monster Dear Monster is brought to you by Fireheart Media. If you enjoyed the show, please share this and all of our episodes with friends. And remember to rate and review us on your podcast platform of choice. Word of mouth is the only way we grow. If you like, you can also kick us a few bucks to help us keep the lights on at ko-fi.com slash fireheartmedia. Check out our other show, Jalachan's Place, at www.jalachan.place.